Hey, hey, welcome to Queer Street. Da 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 da. I guess I already have an intro with music, so I didn't really need that intro, but you know, whatever. It is what it is. It's done now. I'm not going to stop and record. Uh, I was just going to think about saying it's been forever, but it's really only been a week like regular since um, I last recorded. But um, this past weekend, Brad and I went out of town. We took, I took, we took a couple days off work, left Friday. We went to Atlanta for his birthday trip. And um, we came back yesterday, And but it just seems like I've been gone forever. You know, like it seems like I was gone for like a week or two. I guess that's a sign of a good vacation, right? But we had a blast and uh, I cannot wait to go on another trip. But it is time now to get back to our regularly scheduled programming. We are going to talk today about book number 16 in the original series, first date and spoiler alert guys not one of my favorites so ugh, like i'm just i i like and going back through this book and getting ready and taking notes for this show i was like oh like i found it so hard to be motivated to take the notes and get ready for the show because i was just like Bleh. i didn't like it but anywho it's my job to report on the books like it or not this is the task i have been tasked with this is my calling this is the cross i must bear and so here we go so First date came out originally May 1st, 1992. So, you know, it's topical. We're here in May. We're here in May. So almost 30 years ago, right? 92, 2002, 2012, 2020. Yeah, almost 30 years ago. I had to do some math there. Um, <laughs> but it comes in at 165 pages. So average length and everything. Um, and so here's the blurb on the back. It says, Chelsea Richards is shy, lonely, and looking for love. This is not an ad, by the way. She would give anything to finally go out on a date. Soon there are two new boys in town and both have asked her out. Too bad one of them is a crazed killer. Poor Chelsea. Will her first date also be her last? <laughs> now it sounds like, uh, like a personal's ad, um, but no. And the tagline on the front says first date. That is, that's when he always kills them. So again, I sh you, you know, sometimes they say you can't judge a book by its cover. I don't buy that. I always look at the cover because I think that's important. But I do believe you can judge a book by the blurb and tagline. And you know what? This lackluster blurb and tagline should have been a clue that womp, womp, womp. It was not going to be a fave. Now, I will say Bill Schmidt came through with the cover, though. Snaps to you, Bill. Um, although it does look a little bit like a vampire story, which, let me tell you, would have been a hell of a lot more interesting than what we got. But, you know, we've got this girl. And to be honest, she is like a dead ringer for Belinda Carlisle. I mean, 80s, a solo Belinda Carlisle, not Gogo's Belinda Carlisle. We're talking like 87, 88, Heaven is a Place on Earth. Um, Belinda Carlisle, not Go-Go's Our Lips Are Sealed Vacation. Belinda Carlisle. Anywho, she is facing you, but her head's turned and looking off up into, you know, their area. Dreamily, she's got a fabulous early 90s uh, cable knit v-knit sweater on, these big gold hoop earrings. Her hair is gorgeous and curly. Looks a little bit of a gray streak, which also has given me some Nancy vibes from Friday the 13th, but it's not gray. I think it's just the lighting. And behind her is this tall, dark, and handsome guy, and he's leaning into her, and his hand is kind of coming like it's going to wrap around her neck, but with her neck turned and the way he's coming in for it, it looks like it could totally be a vampire book, but clearly he's going to throttle the life out of her instead of just bite her. Anywho, so we've got Belinda Carlisle on the cover. 
And that right here is honestly the most interesting part of the book. But let's dive in. So chapter one, we have what has become kind of a common thing every now and then we get from the killer's point of view. We have Joe and a girl who turns out to be named Candy. They're on a date, probably their first date, I believe it says. They're all alone. They're walking. Um, and it describes Joel as having dark, curly, black hair. Black. Oh my goodness, it's late and I've been on vacation. Black hair. And he just talks about how she's sucking him. And he's just, he wants to get this over with. And they're they're walking along a like a like a ridge, like a cliff. And come to find out, he just pushes her ass over. And he said, he didn't plan this one. He likes to plan them, but this he just had to get it done. Okay. He had to plan it. But now he needs to move on because he's done it. So Rip Candy, sorry, girl, you made it only just like a couple of pages. You were the Casey from Scream of this book. I'm sorry, girl, but you had to go to set the story love, storyline up. And so he pulls out a roadmap and he chooses Shady Side. Sounds like a wonderful place to go. Little does he know it's not wonderful. But I mean, I guess for him, maybe it is because he's the bad guy. Need a drink. Need a lot of drinks to get through this book. So chapter two, we meet Chelsea Richards. She's playing the saxophone. She's complaining with her mom. Why does she not look as pretty as her mom? Why is she so dumpy? Why is her hair so frizzy? Why is she so short? Why do her parents work so long? So right away, I'm exhausted with, with um, Chelsea Richards. I wish, I mean, the only thing she's got going for her is she's a dead ringer for Belinda Carlisle. Other than that, she's an annoying bitch. I'm sorry, that was rude. She's just an annoying twit. There we go. And so she's just complaining. And her mom, like, this is so, so horrible. Her mom says, it, <laughs> oh God, this is horrible. Her mom says, "If you wouldn't be so unhappy if you just lose a little weight and put on some lipstick. Now, come on, Mrs. Richards. This is 1992. Get with the program, lady. You can't be saying shit like that. I mean, yes, a little lipstick and it's going to make us all feel good. I don't go anywhere without mascara, but come on now. Everybody's beautiful, even without lipstick or with a few extra pounds. But that was such a 90s. I mean, this it's so hilarious. That's so dated. Um, and she's getting ready to go meet her uh, friend, Nina Darwin. And Nina's boyfriend, Doug Fredericks. And you know, because we always learn their first and last names. <sighs> Chapter three comes. Um, she, uh, she leaves. She doesn't want to hang out with him. They're going to visit Doug's cousin. So she's like, I'm just going to go home. Um, car with some teenage boys are teasing her like, Hey mama, you know, like, like that kind of harassing again, very dated, very, um, misogynistic things. And, um, she ends up running into a new boy to shady side. He's got dark curly hair. Bum, bum, bum. So immediately we're supposed to think back to quote unquote, Joe from um the chapter one um but he introduces his himself as being named will blakely he's quiet he's shy she knows him from class and then um they're in class and one day she's getting up and um as she gets up she drops all of her stuff her sandwich falls out of her lunch kit and she's so mortified just more for her to bitch about probably but um and so she's kind of shy and talking to him and he he comes over to help her and you know, she's just kind of discombobulated and they just both are kind of shy and they go their separate ways. So later on, she's distracted. She works at her dad's restaurant. She plays the sax there and helps waitress, you know, and uses it. Her, um, she's only moved into Shadyside a couple of months. She's not been there very long. It does not say, actually, this is one of the only ones where we don't really hear a lot about Fear Street. In fact, I don't know that it's mentioned unless I missed it on my reread. 
But um, so as she's working, um, a guy walks in. He's tough and handsome. He's got dark, curly hair. Uh-oh. Oh, my God. I thought we already had our killer. Uh-oh. Um, that was some sarcasm in my voice, by the way. He's wearing a Metallica t-shirt under his leather jacket and his ripped jeans because he's a naughty boy. And he introduces himself as Tim Sparks. Um, she's kind of uncomfortable around him, even though he's kind of flirting with her, maybe. And so so she's kind of trying to flirt back in her way. But she, she, there's something about her about him that makes her feel uneasy. And then he asks her out on a date. But right before she can talk, her dad comes out at the kitchen, asks her to get back to work. And Sparks, which is how she calls him for the rest of the book, ends up looking really mad. And he like he's pissed and he leaves. And she's like, dude, what happened to him? But then she starts to think about Will and all that. And woe is her. You know, why doesn't he talk to her? Oh, my God. We get it. You're insecure. So am I. Oh, Christ on a cracker. Get over it. Wanna be. Belinda Carlisle. And then three tough guys come in. It actually calls them tough guys. Um, but, you know, basically they're they're young guys. They're hoodlums. Um, they are going to rob the place. They end up hitting her dad over the head with a pipe. I mean, shablamo. Ouch. Um, we think he's dead. Turns out to be alive. Um, once they find out there's no cash, they leave. Uh, she calls the police. They take her dad to the hospital. He has to stay in the hospital, obviously, because he got hit in the head with a fucking pipe. Come on. And then um, she goes home. She calls Nina. Come over. He tells her what's happened. She's shaking up. And of course, Nina, that bitch, she's just a horn dog. She brings Nick. I'm sorry. She brings Nick. Who the hell is Nick? I don't even know where I got the name from. She brings Doug over and they start making out. And all, all, um, all, I see, I've, I'm already saying these names. Who's Nick? I keep thinking, who is Nick? And all um, Chelsea can think about is Sparks now. And is he connected to those three guys? Did he case the joint and then tell him, oh, I need a drink with you, Chelsea? Not with you, but because of you, oi. So, chapter six, we're brought to another killer's point of view. He's walking around the river, shady sights, nice, but he's already met some girls that need to die, just like his mom. And so here we get a little bit of background. Apparently his mom left him with his dad. His dad is very abusive. And so he is now getting revenge on all these women. And here we get, sorry, spoil, um, spoiler alert, a little bit of trigger warning. He ends up strangling a kitten because he's angry thinking about his mom and all um, these women that he needs to get revenge on. I know, right? Pretty dark. But you know what they say. When kids are hurting animals, that's a sign of a psychopath. And Mr. Stein is just including facts here, people. So chapter seven, Chelsea's back at work. She's worried about her dad. She's thinking about Will. She's thinking about Sparks. She's bitching about something probably because that's all she seems to do in this book. And um, there's, you know, she's, she's, what's going on? You know, she doesn't understand. She's very confused. She's probably complaining about her hair again. I don't know. Um, and it's closing time. Two guys come in. They start to tease her again, kind of trying to flirt, giving her the creeps. And here comes Sparks. He comes in and his tough guy presence. Ooh, see, I'm already getting bored again. Scares off the guys. And so now she feels a little bit better, but he's still kind of creepy and odd. And she um, uh, asks and she, he, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> she, he's still kind of creepy and odd, gives her the willies. And he ends up leaving, and then we get his point of view, and he's mad that he didn't ask her out. He punches the wall. He throws the phone through a window, like, calm your tits, Sparks. I mean, jeez, um, 
who knows what's wrong with this dude, but he's crazy. So now we're at chapter eight. Chelsea's at school looking for Nina. Nina's mad that Doug, um, she saw him talking with that whore, Suki. Once again, this poor hoe, Suki, she just pops up everywhere, I guess because she's a hoe, so she's always around. And <laughs> um, so Chelsea's trying to tell Nina about Sparks and everything, but Chelsea's not, or, uh, Nina's not listening because this uh, selfish horn dog is just concerned about her boyfriend, Doug. And so here comes Will by, Will comes by, and so he starts chatting to her. And now they're actually talking. They go out for a walk. It's snowy. Chelsea's feeling some butterflies. She's asking lots of questions. And uh, he's like, he moves around a lot. And so he ends up asking her out on a date. And he and she's like, oh, my gosh, yes. But it would be my first date. And he's like, it would be my first date, too. Let's just keep it a secret, though. Let's just have a secret date. And she's like, okay, um, girl, here you are constantly bitching about not having a man, not having a boy, your hair, your butt, your your dad, your this, your that, the other. And finally, somebody's going to ask you out and now you're going to keep it a secret. It's too much for me. I can't even with you, Chelsea. Oh, I need a drink. So next day, Chelsea's practicing the saxophone. Her mom's working late. Um, uh, work is slow. She's at the restaurant. Here comes Sparks. Again, he makes, she's talking about, he makes her nervous, yada, yada, yada. He seems dangerous. You know, he's not from around here. He doesn't go to school. He's dropped out. And he's like, why are you asking me so many questions? And she just doesn't like trust him. He ends up asking her out on a date finally. Cause you know, he threw a big old hissy fit when he didn't ask her before he went home and just lost his shit. But she ends up saying, no, I already have a day, you know, and she's happy she does because she doesn't want to go out with Sparks. He creeps her out. Well, now he seems to get real angry again and leaves. And so this, guys, we're about halfway through here. And as you can tell, a big fat nothing has happened. I mean, basically all that happens is every chapter she meets one of the boys and worries about that boy and the other boy. And then she meets the other boy in another chapter, worries about that boy. She spends a lot of time at work. She spends a lot of time worrying and complaining. And, you know, I, it just got old. So chapter 10 comes. She's on a date with, um, what's his face? I don't know. They're both running together because I don't really care that much about either of them. And they look a lot alike, apparently. Uh, Will. So they're going to see a movie in Wayne's Bridge um, just to keep their date a secret, remember? So that's why they're not going in Shadyside. He has an old car. He's acting weird because it's, uh, he doesn't really know how to work the car's controls. And she's like, how do, how do you not know your car's controls if this is your family's car? And he's like, oh, I'm just nervous, yada, yada, yada. They watch a movie. It's going really well. Their date's going nice. They see the movie. They're getting along. They're driving back to Shadyside. They agree to keep the date a secret again. They drive to River Ridge, which is basically like Lover's Lane, you know, where the, all the kids go to Nick. And so um, Chelsea's eager but nervous. So they go for a walk and he walks to the edge and he calls her over. And you're thinking, uh-oh, what's going on? Because remember, we don't know who the hell is the killer. We don't know who is Joe, not Joe. Is it Will? Is it Sparks? Is it a Fig Newton of Chelsea's imagination? Is it Nina? Who knows? And frankly, right now, I probably really didn't care that much. And then all of a sudden, he asked her out to the edge. I said that. And she's afraid of heights. He's like, oh, come over here. And he has his arms around her. And they're kind of cuddling. And then he pulls out a cord to strangle her. And now we know who the killer is. It is, in fact, Will. So now we've got halfway through the book. And we've got the rest of the half to go. Ugh, it doesn't get much better or more interesting. 
chapter 11 comes, um, we've got Will's point of view. He's thinking about his sister, Jennifer, how he was jealous of her. Chelsea reminds him of Jennifer, because I guess Jennifer also looked like Belinda Carlisle. But Jennifer was lucky because she got to go with the mom. So she had the good life. She didn't have the abusive, shitty life. So he's killing all these women to get back his, his sister, Jennifer, and his mom. Okay. And they all remind him of his sister or his mom. Ugh, so now he's getting ready to kill Chelsea. And just as he goes to put the cord, I would love to call it that garrot word, garrot, garrot. I don't know how you say it, though, but you know what I'm talking about. He goes to put it around her neck, uh, but some headlights come and startle them. He thinks it's the police, you know, because he's on the run. But no, it's not them. It's just some other people coming to um, probably make out or have um, uh, premarital sex in the back of a car. Um, so he drives her home, he comes in, he's kissing her, and they're all, oh, she's thinking about, oh, this is so wonderful. And he's thinking about, I got to get this cord and strangle this bitch. And so he's getting it ready again. And then Chelsea breaks and all this, she's like, hey, you want some hot chocolate? Christ on a cracker, Chelsea. Maybe this is why no one wants to be your friend or your boyfriend, because you were all over the place and you're annoying. I hate to say that because it's probably what people say about me, but I don't look like Belinda Carlisle. So at least you have that going for you. So she goes to get him hot chocolate. He's still thinking about killing her. And so he tries again as she comes out, but then the doorbell rings and it's Nina. She comes in and, and, um, Chelsea's like, oh my gosh, I was just on a date. And he's like, oh, really? Who is she's like, oh, it's this new guy from school. Let me go get him. And she goes to the kitchen to get him. But Will is gone. So the next morning, Will calls her and she's all like, um, where'd you go? And he's like, hey, didn't you hear I yelled goodbye? I had to go. Something came up and I said, I'd call you again. She's like, oh, maybe I missed that. I'm so sorry. But you want to meet after work tomorrow? And he's like, yeah. So it's snowing. She goes to the door to go out and see this beautiful snow. And there's a man with a trench coat out on the stoop. And he's got an FBI um, badge. And his name is Agent Martin. She's freaking out. I mean, I don't know why, but it's Chelsea. She freaks out about everything. It should not come as a surprise to us that she's freaking out about this shit. He asked if her parents are home. Basically, he says they're looking for a young man. Here's the description. He's got dark curly hair. He's good looking. He's about yay tall, yada, yada, yada. If you see anybody, keep us posted. Immediately, she thinks oh, it sparks. So she tells the FBI and they're like, okay, we'll look into this. If you think of anything else or uh, you get any more information about him, tell us. Back at school the next day, Nina's all like, where's Will? You know, let's go out on a double date. And so um, Chelsea's like, oh yeah, maybe we can do that. But you know, in her mind, she's thinking, I told him to keep it secret. I can't really be telling Nina. And so she's like, I'm going to tell Will about the FBI and Sparks. It's, he'll, he'll have my back because you know Nina. That bitch don't listen. And so, um, so she's going to tell him, you know, that night after work. So she, of course, again, we're back at work. What's going on? She's having trouble concentrating because she's thinking about Will and Sparks. Oh, come on, Nina. And so she's very jumpy. Okay. So she's cleaning. She leaves the door unlocked for Will to come in as she's cleaning up the, the uh, restaurant. But instead of Will showing up, it's Sparks. Okay. He's been drinking. He's trying to be like, Hey, let's go out. You know, he had some liquid courage. He's ready to get it on, yo. And now we know that he's not a killer. He's just a poor, 
unfortunate soul and i'm fixing to bust out in that song now in pain in need it actually kind of fits but so he kind of is playfully chasing her around but she you know is totes weirded out because she thinks he's a killer and he ends up falling as he's after her puts his hand right on the grill and so it's all nasty and burned and you can imagine what it looks like. So she's like, oh my gosh, let me go call the ambulance. But she really calls the agent and says, he's here, uh, come get him, yada, yada, yada. The paramedics come along with the FBI agent and they're like, we're gonna need to take you in. And so she's like, oh, this is all over. I can go back to worrying about my life now. And so then Will comes just then to pick her up and he's thinking tonight she dies. So he, they're at Chelsea's and she's telling him all the story because she is clueless and dumb as a brick. And he's like, oh shit, she's on to me. Or well, she's, she knows this, you know. And so uh, he's reaching for the cord. He's so close. And then Chelsea says, I have to tell you, I told my friend Nina about you. Well, he inside is pissed because you know, this is why he does not like women. He shouldn't trust her. And now he's gonna have to kill this other bitch too. So he's angry. And she's like, can we invite her over to meet you? Cause she kind of wants to double date with her boyfriend, Doug Fredericks. And I'm so happy with you. So I want to, her to meet you. And he's like, yes, okay. I call her over because he'll, he's like, I'll just kill two bitches with one cord, I guess is what he's thinking. And so the, um, so she calls Nina and he's on her way over. And as she's going back to meet him, the phone rings and it's FBI agent Martin. He's like, um, Tim's not our guy. And suddenly she realizes, well, shit, it's Will. So she tells the agent, oh my God, he's here. He's like, get out. You know, the killer is coming from inside your house. Literally. Oh my God, y'all. That was one of the scariest movies. Um, when a stranger calls with what's her face in it with the, with the high pitched voice. Oh, sweet Lord. What is her name? Carol Kane is her name. Oh, she's dead. That's sad. Welcome to my brain. This is how I move through things. But that, when the call is coming from the inside of the house, that is one of the scariest things in the whole world. That whole um, urban legend and trope. Ugh. Whew. Anywho, back to the book. See, that was way more interesting than the book. So she's got to get out. She runs out of the kitchen and then suddenly remembers um, Nina's coming. So she runs around the house to the front to kind of hopefully head off Nina. And there's Will. And he's all like, what are you doing? Even though he full on knows. So he tries to take her back in. She runs, he tackles her. She hits her head on the ground. And he starts choking her. And then she's lifeless. And he's like, yeah, one down, one to go. So he drags her body to the side of the built to the side of the house and goes back in to wait for Nina. There's a knock on the door. It's Nina. Nina's um clueless too she's talking where's chelsea oh he she went out to get some ice cream she'll be back in a minute and he's like okay now is the time to come to kill this bitch so he attacks her and nina is like oh hell to the no so she kicks him he drops the cord they chase then he hits her over the head with a vase and as he's going to start strangling her he gets knocked from behind turns around it's chelsea he freaks out he's like i killed you i killed you and so then they fight and then before he can attack what he believes to be some dead zombie ghost of um, Belinda Carlisle's past, uh, the cops come and he's done lost his, the what little bit of grip he had on reality. And he's like, I killed her. She's dead. And so they take her, they take him in. And Chelsea was like, I just pretended to be dead so I could survive. And, and it's all over. Nina, are you okay? I can't believe this happened to me. So now she has even more to complain about. Oy. And so the next day she's in the hospital to go see her poor dad who got knocked upside the head with a pipe. 
we haven't been worried about him too much because she's been worried about who she's going to date instead. So she decides to go visit Sparks. His hand had gotten infected. She apologizes to him. And he's like, hey, you want to meet somewhere when I get out of here that's not that coffee shop? And she's like, of course. How bad could it be? It's got to be better than my first date. <laughs> oh, yeah. Even that cheesy-ass corny joke couldn't make up for this. Y'all, I did not like this. This episode is short because I did not like it. I didn't. I did not like it, Sam I Am. I would not read it in a box. I would not read it with a fox. Oh, that's sad. Eric Carl died. Eric Carl has nothing to do with, um, with Dr. Seuss, but now you see how my brain just runs and jumps from one thing to the other. So I gave this book a three um, because... I did enjoy parts of it. I did like the idea that um, that he was killing these people as revenge. I love that idea. I liked the fact that there was a little bit more violence. You know, he's strangling people left and right, pushing them off cliffs. I mean, this was not um, a happy-go-lucky one where people are just getting, you know, chased off the side of the road with a car or prank phone calls. Um, we're going to file this one under two fears. It's a double one. Crazy people and murder, because we do have a murder, which brings me to the death. Pour some out for our poor girl Candy at the very beginning. And then, of course, honorable death mention goes to the kitten that he strangled. Well, this brings our death count up to 13. Book number 16, that's not too shabby. If I pull out my phone, because I don't do fractions and division that well in my head, and we do 16 divided by 13, that's an average of one and a quarter death per book. That's good in my book. So I'm happy with that. But why are we here? Why are we here? Why are we here? We're here to find the queers on the queer street. And as it just so happens, if you have not guessed this one, then, I mean, this one was even more predictable than the plot line of this book, y'all. It is Will. Clearly, poor gay Will has all kinds of mommy issues. That's why he's killing all these bitches. So... We've got a crazy Will, crazy gay Will, killing women because he had some issues with his mommy and his daddy. So very sad, and hopefully he'll get the help he needs. He'll more than likely um, end up in a mental institution for the rest of his life. So maybe that's better. I don't know. But as bad as this book was, and as much as I wanted him to strangle that whiny bitch Chelsea, the next book is really good, y'all. It's one of my all-time favorite books and one of the most favorite in the series. Got a little bit of fun factoids coming up for you in, um, next week with it, but next week is The Best Friend. Like I said, this is, a, this is a classic in this series, and I'm not gonna give it away, but it has something to do with the ending. So I cannot wait to talk about that one. So until then, go do a bunch of research, you need to watch the um, teaser trailers again for the movies. You know I have watched them numerous times since then. You know I've been reading up. I haven't found a lot of new stuff. I'll keep you posted and I'll make notes and drop a little bit of tidbits when I get some here and there. But we still got about a month and a half until the first movie comes out. So start to prepare for that. But until then, next week we'll get to the best friend. And I promise you it's going to be so much better than this fake Belinda Carlisle shit we have this week. But until then... Stay queer. Bye.